Aloha mai kako. Welcome everyone to another episode of Bombay We Learn. Bombay is a Hawaiian pidgin English word for later or some other time. This podcast is about the lessons learned from our mistakes, our failures, or just the overall experiences that we have in life that help us get better at things and move forward. Today, I'm actually asking the question of, when is Bombay? A lot of times we would hear, I'll do that later, I'll wait until tomorrow, or I'll catch up with you some other time. But sometimes, this Bombay never comes. Today, I'd like to talk to you about some of the dangers of waiting until Bombay, because I know we can't wait for another episode of Bombay We Learn. How many times have we heard someone say, I'll get to this later, or I'll do it tomorrow? Or we ourselves have said, I'll do this tomorrow, and tomorrow never comes. That's one of the beauties of tomorrow, right? Yes, there are valid times when we have to wait before we can do something. We have to set priorities in our lives because we can't do everything at the same time. But then we have to be really honest with ourselves and wonder when Bombay is going to happen. I'm sure a lot of us out there have horror stories and can tell people better than I can of what it was like to wait to the last minute before something they knew weeks or months before it came up and had to do it in the last minute, panicking ourselves, stressing ourselves out, and stressing out the people around us just because we waited too long. We procrastinated. Procrastination is a wonderful, wonderful word, right? We all know it and we are all victims of it. The question is, what can we do? The first thing a lot of us hear and are told by people who know better is that we need to manage our time better. We have to set priorities. Procrastination is caused because we are not setting our priorities straight. We don't have good time management. Okay. All right. Some of the tools I've been told about is one particular one called the Eisenhower Method. And some people may know this as Steve Coveney's method. But it's really simple where we have a two-by-two square and we put these different quadrants in place and we list our task in the different quadrants. The top row, top two squares, we'll call these important. We'll say everything in that top row is called important and everything in the bottom row we'll call this not important. And if we look at the first column on your left we'll call everything in this column urgent. And then in the second column we'll call everything on this column to the right not urgent. So top row we have important, bottom row not important, First column, urgent. Second column, not urgent. So this gives us four squares. 
the first quadrant, the first square, which is under urgent and important, we'll call this quadrant one. Quadrant one is for things that are important for us to do right away. It's urgent. These are things that have to get done now, like a fire in our kitchen needs to get put out, or the boss wants something done immediately, or the network is down and we need to fix the server room. These are things that we can't wait and have to get done now. In quadrant two, to the right, we have this quadrant which is not urgent, but is an important. So in quadrant two, these are things that are important to us, important to things that we want to get done, but are really not urgent. And if they're put off, nothing dramatic or drastic is going to happen. But these are things that we should be doing because they're important, such as our exercising, our self-development, our meditation, things like practicing to get better at uh, sports or golf swing, if you know, you're professional. These are a part of the things that help us grow. Not necessarily urgent, but are important. In the second row, in the first column, we have things that are urgent, but not necessarily important. So they're not important, but they're urgent. I would even say not important to us. Because it may be an emergency or something important to someone else. While it's urgent for them, important to them, it doesn't necessarily mean it's important to us. So that is an important consideration because there can be some tricky discussions that happen here if that's the situation. But these may be urgent because the person who wants it is standing right in your office and asking you to do something and they're not going to go away or let you get anything done until you answer them, until you give them a reply that they're needing to do to move forward. And this sometimes can pull from your ability to do the things that are important to you. Next to that, we have what we call quadrant four. In quadrant four, these are things that are not urgent and they are not important. These are just time wasters, such as sitting in front of the TV, watching a sitcom, doing busy work because you have to wait till 4.30 before you can punch the clock. But you're not really being productive. The interesting part of this quadrant four is that this is where a lot of people like to go to relax. We can find ourselves in here all the time doing social media, Facebooking, Twittering, just sitting down with our friends, relaxing with a cup of coffee and doing nothing. But again, we are not being productive in this realm. We need to move to quadrant two where we will focus on things that are not urgent but important to us where we can be our most productive and make the most use of our energy. You know, because in quadrant two, we're preparing ourselves to avoid the emergencies, doing our self-development work, getting ourselves ready to be promoted. This is where we spend our time to get our best return. So what about the other important areas we have, this urgent, important quadrant one? 
Now, these are the things that need to get done. They are very important, but they are emergencies. They are urgent, and what they do is pull the energy from us, making us tired. And because of this, we are not going to be at our best. It is extremely difficult to keep up that high energy for long periods of time because we need to rest. We have to take a break sometimes. That may force us into quadrant four so we can recharge, which we don't want to spend a lot of time in. But because sometimes there's energy depleted, we have to have something that's going to recharge us. So the question I get when talking about these management tools is, does it work? And to me, I have to answer, like all these self-management tools, it depends on the self. The key is yourself. If you're disciplined enough to follow this, then yeah, it could work. The other key I need to remind people that there has to be a common language, though. People need to understand what you mean by saying, I'm dealing with too much quadrant one issues. Or I'm getting a lot of requests for things that are in quadrant three. Your boss, your coworkers, your peers that you're working with need to understand what you mean by this. And you can use it by the terminologies of, you know, I have too many urgent, important things I'm working on. But it's best when everyone speaks the same language. Then we can have those conversations, especially those conversations when things are in your quadrant three, which may not necessarily be that other individual's quadrant three, right? This may be something that's important and urgent for them, such as I need input from you to provide me the information I need to move forward. That's important to them. That's urgent for them. Maybe not for you, but you need to have the discussion so that you're able to move things forward. And that's actually something very interesting. Any tool set you have is that you all speak the same common language. I know right now you're thinking, great stuff, Harlan. But what does this Eisenhower COVID method of time management task classification have anything to do with procrastination or bum-by and putting things off too long? I think if we just start with the definition of procrastination and as it's defined as an action of delaying or postponing something that needs to get done, which means we're living in quadrant four where we're not actually doing things that are important. We're not doing things that are urgent. The question then is why? And the answer is because of the why. Why we do something or why we don't do something is based on how we prioritize it. And how we prioritize our time, our resources, is based on what we value, what or why we do something. If the why we're doing something is different than or less than the value I'm putting on my time at this present moment or the ability to get over my laziness, it's not going to happen. My why has to be stronger than whatever it is that's preventing me from doing something. My why has to be a motivation to move me forward. So why do we procrastinate? Why do we believe that what we're not doing today is something that we can do tomorrow? This reminds me of a story I heard 
about someone who talked to John Wooden, the famed UCLA basketball coach. Coach Wooden would say that sometimes he'd notice players not giving their all at practice. And he'll pull him aside and, you know, put his arm around him and, and talk to him and say, what's going on? And he said he'll notice that they're not giving 100%. The players would normally fess up and say, I'll make it up tomorrow, coach. And that's what Wooden would say. There is no such thing because I expect 100% every day. So if you're not going to give me 100% today, you won't be able to make it up tomorrow because I expect 100% tomorrow, and you don't have more than 100% to give. So if you're only giving me 75% today, thinking that you're going to give me 125 tomorrow, that's not going to work. If we think about this lesson from John Wooden, is we only can give what we have today. There's only 24 hours in a day, and what we do with it is what we do with it at that time. There is no making it up. There's no carrying over like our phone plans into the next billing cycle that we can use when we go through our 24 hours that day. This is something that John Wooden took with him all the way to all his players, including calling Bill Walton up, a player of his who became an announcer, when Bill would say that a player was giving 110% on the, and leaving everything on the court, he would get a call from his old coach telling him, Billy, there's no such thing as 110%, and you know that better than anyone. I'm sure there's not very many people who could scold Bill Walton, but definitely Coach Wooden would have had to be one of those people. So this being true, that we cannot give more than 100% of ourselves, the question then to ask is, why do we believe that we could actually do something later that we're not doing now? Psychology Today has talked about this. How we feel in the future is known something as called affected forecasting. The problem is, we are fairly bad at this type of forecasting. So to give an example, you feel bad about not having exercise today, but you can change your mood by saying, I'll do it tomorrow. This avoids negative emotions that you have today, but also makes it more likely that we'll repeat the cycle tomorrow. Because that diet that you'll start tomorrow or that exercise routine that you'll start tomorrow It never happens, and that's the beauty of tomorrow. We can keep pushing back tomorrow so that it never comes. We are limited on what we can do ourselves. If we don't have self-discipline, if we don't have self-awareness or control, we're going to be limited in how we can come across and deal with procrastination of putting things off until Bombay. One of the best tools in fighting procrastination is having someone that you respect, someone that you would listen to, someone that has some level of authority that forces you to do something to be your accountability partner. And I'm going to use this in a general term. Accountability partner is someone who will hold you accountable for the task that you must deliver on. And it can be as simple as a boss holding you accountable for your job. 
making sure that you're doing what needs to be done, all the way to a friend who you tell what your goal is. Maybe to write a book, to lose some weight, and someone's going to hold you accountable, to check up on you, to motivate you when you're down, to help you move forward and through the difficult times. Someone who's going to hold you accountable where you and your why are moving forward because it is someone that you respect, because it's someone that you listen to. You're going to be motivated because you don't want to let them down. This has to be somebody who has influence with you. This can be as simple as somebody with influence just because of their title as a supervisor who can make you do something because you have to for your job. Or your friend or a sibling, a parent, a spouse who you don't want to disappoint. We sometimes hear about these types of accountability partners or sponsors in recovery programs where someone is trying to get help through a hard time. But it doesn't have to be a hard time. We can find people who will sponsor us, who will mentor us, people who will coach us and push us and help with our discipline and turn these things into habits. And then we can start doing things on our own. With these habits that we're forming because of the help of the people that we have this respect in, that has influence in our lives, with our priorities, we can start accomplishing things. This helps us move forward, which means our friends, our family, our spouses, our siblings, co-workers, people who help us with this, are a big part of our why, our reason why we move forward. Excuses are easy. And if someone's holding us accountable, they'll call us on those excuses. As we look towards avoiding the dangers that put things off too long, that bum-bye, bum-bye, bum-bye. Just remember, there are things that we can do to get us to a point where we're creating habits for ourselves to move us forward, to stop putting things off. It is ultimately our responsibility, something we can control. And if we're not strong enough to do it by ourselves, be strong enough to ask someone to help us by telling them what you are trying to do, why you are trying to do it, and ask them to hold us accountable. This concludes this week's podcast. I know you have options on where you spend your time, and I am honored and blessed that you have shared some of your precious time with me today. I share my mana'o, my thoughts, with you, so that Bombay we learn. Mahalo. John Bartman for performance of Just Having a Beatbox.